coaching the Bellevue boys soccer team this year. He Aren't had they undefeated? Practice. They are. Yeah. He's totally turned the program around. Is there anything you ever saw in him as a player that you thought would translate into him being a good coach? He's going to kill me. Um, not really. <laughs> I mean, he was. He, he still should be playing. Yeah, I mean, he should still be playing professional soccer. Maybe that's maybe that's my roadblock. Uh, Steve, though, always we, we he and I like to joke about it. Being a student of the game, we would always tell these young guys: be a student of the game. Watch, learn, learn from the older players. Watch from what you see on TV. He has obviously done that because the success he has. It's not easy to coach. So for him, it's it's congratulations, and you know he needs to continue that. Goodness me! He doesn't mean anybody, Steve Zakawani. Steve Zakawani was never fun to stick up against. Was it for Zakawani? None of this is possible. It's Steve. It's Steve. <laughs> this is so weird. Steve Zakawani. What's up, everyone? What's going on? Steve Zakwani here, winging it with Zakwani. It's a week where the team didn't really get any positive results. Um, a defeat to LAFC, a draw to LAFC, and in between, a draw against San Jose at home. In a game, you'd have thought going into that the team would win, should win, and didn't. However, despite no real positive result, I left that week feeling very, very good about this 2019 Seattle Sounders team and really feeling like, during this course of the season, you're going to have games that really, really test you, that really reveal the character of your team. And that week, we've just had it, and I think the Sounders should feel very, very good about what they do have and what they don't have and where they currently stand. Of course, we'll also briefly preview the Minnesota United game where we come up against club legend, probably the biggest legend in the MLS era, Osvaldo Alonso, um, who, again, needs no introduction here. Very close friend of mine, great player. And this game would have been circled on his calendar from the day it was announced. He'll be more than ready for this match for the Sounders. And the Sounders have to be ready to play against him, have to be ready to face him. But first, the week that was, we've already spoke briefly about the loss to LAFC on the previous podcast. If you want a more in-depth review and analysis of that, um, you can listen to that podcast from last week. The San Jose game, we touched on as well. And the more I look back on that game, I really see it was a very, very, very important point. Because anytime you are 2 nil down in the second half, no matter how good of a team you are, no matter how even of a bad team you're playing against, psychologically and mentally, it's tough to stay engaged and focus in that game and to actually believe you're going to get something from that game. It's very difficult. Then you add to that that you're coming off a really big loss. And then you add to that you're facing several injuries. It's tough. So I think the character that the team showed to come back was really, really impressive. And then if we had any questions still after that game about their character, those were answered on, on Sunday, this past Sunday. You're playing LAFC a team that likes to possess the ball. It was hot. And then you play 10 men for 70-plus minutes. 10 men. And the man you lost is your most versatile player, one of your most important players. And he's most likely, I would say, your fittest player. And the guy who, in, with 10 men, you will trust to do all the running, 
all the closing down, do the job of two people, he'll be the top of the list if I had that choice to make. And that's the guy who gets the most dubious of red cards I've seen. By the letter of the law, it's a red card. If you actually watch what happened, it's nothing. He was the victim in a situation, and the referee applied the letter of the law without really following the spirit of the law, I feel, because there was no intent, there was no maliciousness. It's been overturned, I've just been told, which is great, because it wasn't a red card in the first place, so well done, MLS Disciplinary Committee, for overturning that. But to play 10 men without Christian, Rodan, against that team, and to stop them scoring is very impressive. They're high scorers. They gave you four the previous week. They had all of the ball. You were chasing. The character that the team showed, I think, is what I left that week with as the biggest impression made on me. It was the character that Sounders FC showed. Unbelievable character. Incredible character. I've been in situations where you're playing with 10 men. And I've been in situations where with 10 men, you crumble. You absolutely crumble especially against a really good team, and the team didn't do that. And when you actually watch the game, the Sounders could have won it. Oh, my God, at the end. If we could have that play back, if we could redo that play, the team could have won it. Really could have been the great escape. Could have won 2-1 in the most trying of circumstances with nine men at the end of the game. So I think if you're a Sounders fan... Sounders, uh, associate, whatever it may be. You have to look at the LAFC game and realize we have an incredibly deep team. Because I had, I had questions about the depth and roster myself, to be completely honest with you. We have a deep team. Guys have come in, done their job. Handwara had a tremendous week. Harry Ship had a tremendous week. George Delem had a tremendous week. These are guys who didn't play much before. You're missing Rui Diaz, and then you say, okay, his replacement is Wolverine. He's missing too. Gustav Svensson's become a very integral part of the team. He was missing. Christian was sent off. Chad didn't play all the games last week. Roman had to come in. Okay, he wasn't great against LAFC, but he was great in all the other games he played, all the other minutes he had. So now your depth is really, really good. Really, really, really good. You have excellent depth in the team. And then you know you're going to face adversity going forward in the season. It's MLS. You're going to face adversity. You're going to have spells and stretches where you don't win for maybe four, five, six games. It happens. But you know this team can respond, can rebound, because they were 2-0 down and came back. They played with 10 men for 70 minutes in the sun against a tremendous LAFC team and stopped them from scoring and actually still tried to score. And a quick mention for Nico Lodero. Listen, I don't know how he does it. One day, I think they got to do a study on this because I've never seen somebody who can cover so much ground. It, it never, ever, ever, ever have I seen a player up close who can cover that kind of ground. And with 10 men, it's as if the Sounders had 10 and a half because Nico was doing one and a half people's jobs because he covers so much ground. And in that day, he had to do it defensively. The amount of times... He was back in his own box, defending, making clearances. This is your number 10, your DP, your superstar, doing the groundwork, doing the hard work, getting back there, rolling up his sleeves, standing up to be counted. You have to be proud of what you saw this week. With that said, got to get back to winning ways.
And how great would it be? It's always great when you go to a team's new stadium and you knock them off. I think the motivation has to be, we're three games without a win. Let's get back to winning ways. In that sound, locker room, that's how they're talking. And listen, anytime you face a former player, especially an iconic one like that, you want to make a statement. So the midfielders, Christian Rodon, in particular, it's not going to be a 1v1 battle. It's not like, you know, in some sports like basketball where you're more directly 1v1 at times. It's not like that. But who can have the bigger influence? We already know what we think of Alonso. We know Minnesota values him highly. They've given him the armband in one of the games already. He's a leader by how he plays. Not the most vocal people always, but how he plays rallies everyone around him. Incredible, incredible player, of course. And then you have Christian Rodan here who, listen, I, I, <laughs> you might not want me to say this, I don't think he's going to be here too many more years. You know, the, the, the quality is so high. But he's a guy who, if he wants, can go down as one of the, the biggest legends in club history just because of the continual growth year by year we're seeing. Stay tuned. As usual, we will end with a scouting report and the three things we should all be looking out for for the game this weekend. Sounders on the road away at Minnesota United. Uh, I am uh, pleased to announce that uh, we have won our appeal on the Christian Roldan red card, and he will be eligible to play this weekend. Uh, as part of that, I want to be very clear to say that uh, I also appreciate and respect the job that the referees did during the game. I think that they have a very difficult job. I think that the call that they made on the field was understandable. Uh, by the letter of the law, Christian did make contact with the face of Atuesta, uh, and I also understand why a VAR review would also uphold that decision on the field. Uh, so when the independent review panel, which is a group of four people, gets a chance to sit down and we give them a bunch of materials submitted and we can show them all the camera angles and they have unlimited time, they were able to deliberate and eventually reach uh, a different conclusion. But it's really important to us uh, to say as a club and for me personally, uh, to Ted Uncle and Hilario Grajeda individually, uh, we think you did a good job. Uh, we think you officiated a good game. We understand the call on the field, uh, and we continue to be supportive of the system, uh, and we continue to support VAR, and we think it's the right means going forward. Getting involved. This is comparatively threadbare. Seattle lineup, but that's a poor ball, and it's a chance with seconds played, and it's a goal for Jordan Morris. 46 of those seconds on the clock. Jordan Morris, reactive, fourth goal of 2019. Great start for the Seattle Sounders at home. All right, welcome back. Big game this weekend for the Sounders. The key is to get back to three points. So with that said, let's get right into the three things all of us should be looking out for when the Sounders take the pitch at Minnesota United FC's brand new stadium this Saturday evening. Number one, once again, the depth and rotation. Look, I don't know who's going to be playing on the weekend. There's so many injuries and so many little niggles and knocks. I can't keep up. Maybe you have a better idea than I do, but... I'm just going to see when the team is announced an hour before kickoff at the game and then say, okay, that's the lineup. I don't think Brian Schmetzer knows the lineup he's going to play. I don't think he knows the lineup he can play. They're going to give several people, you know, the likes of Rui Diaz, Gustav Svensson, Will Bruin, guys dealing with injuries, as much time as possible to recover and get well and then see, see if they can play. So, we don't know what the lineup will be. What we do know is there will have to be some changes. 
they will have to be because Kelvin Leadham is suspended. So a right back in that situation, you know, is it Jordi Delem who goes to the right back position? And then Gustav Svensson, if he's fit, plays alongside Christian Rodan. If Gustav Svensson's not fit, then you move Delem, who had an excellent game at the weekend. But then who goes to right back? Exactly, I don't know. So it's going to be a bit of rotation. What that does then is the depth, all right? That's the thing you have to look out for, the first thing, is once again, your depth is tested, your tactics are tested, because you see which kind of personnel Brian Schmetzer shifts everywhere. Is there a formation change? You play three at the back and play Chad Marshall, Roman Torres, and Kim Kihi, if Chad is fit. And then skew the formation a little bit. Those are questions that will be answered this weekend, but that's something we absolutely, absolutely have to be looking out for. Number two, the midfield battle. The midfield battle. It's not Christian Roldan against Osvaldo Alonso. It's not. Believe me, it's not. That's not how this sport works. What it is, is which one of them can have the biggest influence on the game. That's the question we want to see. Can Osvaldo Alonso pick the ball up and start spraying passes, start building Minnesota's attacks, playing through the passing lanes, finding their dangerous guys like Darwin Quintero. That is what I want to see. Or do the sounders stop him from doing that? Is Christian Rodin going to get his tackles in, get the ball, feed the likes of Nico and Victor Rodriguez if he's back as well? Rui Diaz if he's back. It's which of those two, which of those two is going to have the bigger influence for their team. That's what I want to see. That midfield battle is key. Many great coaches, greater than me and football minds, greater than mine, have said the game is won and lost in the midfield. And I feel this game in particular this weekend, that's absolutely true. Which of those two incredible players is going to have the bigger influence for their team? If Christian can keep Aussie quiet, to some extent, and that Sounders midfield collectively can keep him quiet, meaning he's not running all over the pitch, spraying passes, completing 90 plus percent of his passes and making big tackles and getting their attacks going. Minnesota will lose a lot of what they do, just like the Sounders used to when Ozzy was kept quiet, which wasn't often, but if it did happen or he had an off day, the team was worse. And it will be the same for his new team. It will be exactly the same. So that's what we need to see. Will that be the case? Will that be what happens? The midfield battle. Keep an eye out for that. And number three, Darwin Quintero. Listen, I hope he plays because I always like to see the great players on the pitch. I hope he plays. I really do. And he needs no introduction to the Sounders fan base. At Santos Laguna, at Club America, he's hurt this club before. I played against the guy. I remember playing against him and thinking... This, I'm on the pitch with one of the best players I will play against in, in my life, in my career. Incredible player. When he first came to the league, I wasn't that pleased that he went to Minnesota. I thought there were other teams that suited his football a bit better, but he's made it work. Very, very good footballer. Very good footballer. And what makes him so good is you never know what he's going to do. He can go left. He can go right. He can play one or two touch, one, two combinations. He can dribble past anyone when he wants extremely, extremely dangerous player. An extremely dangerous player who can do everything. Who can do absolutely everything. 
on the football pitch. And when he's 1v1, he can finish. There was a hat-trick he scored last year. That's one of the best hat-tricks I've seen. I forget exactly who it was against. It may have been against Toronto. If you can find that, I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere. It, it was just incredible. It was incredible. And that's the kind of player he is. If he's on song, it's going to be a very long day for the Sounders. And at times, he lines up on that left-hand side. Now, Kelvin Leardam's out. So no matter who's on the right, it's going to be someone who doesn't always play there. And your job is to stop Quintero. It's not easy. It's not an easy assignment. He has to be kept quiet. Do not let this guy get comfortable in the first 10 minutes, get his touches in, start running at the back line. Otherwise, it's going to be a very long afternoon in Minnesota. A very, very long afternoon. Believe me. Believe me. He's someone who was always very good and is still very good. And in these kinds of games, they get, teams get motivated to play against Seattle. When you play against the better teams, you always get motivated. And Minnesota this year, they've addressed their defense a lot. Aussie helps. Aikopara helps. Last year, they gave up, I think, 70 goals or 71 goals, which is atrocious in 34 games. Unbelievably bad. They won't do that this year. So they're a much, much better team, of course, than they have been because they addressed some serious issues in the offseason. And now they've allowed their attacking players to flourish, guys like Quintero. So keep an eye on him. I hope the Sounders backline keep an eye on him. If he's quiet, it raises the chance of three points just that much more. If he's not and he gets to do what he does, it's going to be a very long afternoon and you may need a magical performance from Stefan Frey. Sounders away at Minnesota United this Saturday. Five o'clock, I'm being told, five o'clock our time here in Seattle, which, I don't know, it's seven or eight in Minnesota. I have no idea what Minnesota time zone is, but... I'll be there in Minnesota on the TV broadcast. If you're not traveling, make sure you tune in to watch us, bringing you all the action live and direct. Sounders FC trying to get back to winning ways. We will be back next week right here, winging it with Zakawani. I am Steve Zakawani, your host. Seattle Sounders, hoping for three points this weekend. I believe they can do it. A reunion with Osvaldo Alonso. Let's keep him quiet, get that three points, and then reconvene right here next week, celebrating the first win in four games.